Welcome to you and your money. I'm Brian Hurst this evening. We're once again focusing on the investment world. Over the last three years, investors have been sitting patiently waiting for their South African portfolios to show some growth compared to the performance of very good global markets. It's been very difficult to keep repeating to investors that they need to be, need to be patient. And all of a sudden, in the last quarter, the JC delivered returns of 8%. And joining me this evening to make some sense of all this is my regular investment guru, Paul Hansen, Director of Retail Investing of Stanley. Paul, lovely to see you once again. Thanks, Paul, we've seen this market pick up, and for the, for the first part of the year, markets did very little, few percent, big uptick in the last quarter. Before we came on air, you said the last month, 6%. I mean, we're, we're only really seeing a movement in a few shares. We're not actually seeing a complete reversal. And I mean, this is, a, as we've said before, a very unloved bull market. It is. It is. And if you're in the wrong shares, sorry, you know, sorry for you. you, you could be going sideways or even down. So if you look at the Aussie 40 of 40, the top 40 shares, only 11 of them are beating the index itself, the Aussie 40. So 29 are, are worse than the index and almost half of the 40 are negative so far uh, this year. So almost 20 of the shares are actually negative, like all the hospital shares, you name it. And yeah, so it's, very, it's the two biggest shares as far as returns go this year, I think are uh, or Naspers and Richemont, and they make up one third of the Aussie 40. And they make up something like 75% of the growth. They do. I think the market's up 17%, they're up about, between them, about 14 or 15% of that 17%. Big chunk. So Paul, so, so we, we had the mini budget, we're going to talk about that a bit later, but how, how, so, how are we going to create confidence? How are we going to get that back into the South African economy? I mean, but dis disappointing that there wasn't a plan put together on what, what was going to happen. It was just really left unsaid. Is that because of the up and coming conference and waiting? Or, you know, wh where do you think this is going? Where do we get, how do we create confidence? Well, you really need good leadership. You know, you need leadership to stand up and say, look, we're meeting with business, we plan, we're going to make some plan to get this economy going. Confidence. Confidence is very low right now. Consumers and businesses, you need to lift the confidence. You need infrastructural spend to create jobs, to get things moving. And there's lots of money, companies are sitting on lots of cash right now, you know, in the money markets. Uh, so it's just a lack of confidence. For the, you need confidence to get that money out and say, come, let's go and do this. Let's build this, buy that. And they don't have the confidence right now. So we need leadership. So then let, let's look at a lot of those companies in the top 40 that you said 29 are below the index. But so let's talk a lot of these South African companies have exported capital, opened business elsewhere in the world. world. The sad part is they, they're actually employing locals in those communities and those economies. But with the RAND weakening from 13, 20, Last week, 1428. I think it's come back to around about the 14 now. Why hasn't there been an uptick in those stocks? I mean, we're talking about Rand head stocks. No, they have. I mean, British American Tobacco went up 6% last week. And Richemont, I think, was up 4%. You know, the, uh, we've seen a, quite a big jump in the resource shares. Not so much Sassel yet. Sassel is still slightly negative this year, funny enough, even though the oil price is at a high for the year. And the Rand is a bit weaker lately. But the mining shares hit a 2017 high. It was actually a two and a half year high last week. So Angler, Angler's is one of those shares that's up over 30% this year. And Billiton's been quite good. Lots of those mining shares have been hitting, you know, 52 week highs. Uh, I think there were six or seven of them in one, on one day last week. 
So we, we've, we've been fortunate. The mining shares have been very strong uh, you know, in the last few weeks. So, so Paul, our market really has not performed like global market. We have the American market moving up, yeah. now the European. Now, what happens if inflation starts to pick up in the USA? I mean, we talk about the USA market st going up. The interest rates are likely to increase. And for the first time in a long time, there appears to be a bit of wage inflation in the USA. Yeah, uh, there's bound to be somewhere along the line, but it's been very slow in coming forward. I mean, it's, it's still under 3%. Maybe it's 2.9. So, you know, if inflation starts to pick up faster than expected, then interest rates will go up faster. That's, that's the bottom line. But at the moment, interest rates are going up really because the economy is stronger and stronger rather than because of inflation. And that's very positive. And Paul, the announcement in Europe that they're going to cut back on their bond buying, is that going to create some liquidity, take some liquidity out of the market? Is that going to have any impact on global markets? No, because I think it was it was put on there the quantitative easing or the creating money out of thin air. They were, they're doing 60 billion euros a month right now. They're going to cut back to 30 billion a month in January. That's still a lot of money for for maybe nine months in uh, in 2018. But the fact that if if they remove it, it shouldn't have make a have a problem because it was there to get the economy more buoyant get the economy going, which is happening. Paul, we've had phenomenal runs in the US, US market. We've had um, Technox stocks up 29% this year. I mean, is it time to start taking a little bit of money off the table? Or is everyone going to take off money off the table in 12 months or 18 months' time? <laughs> well, that's always a difficult one to answer because it depends on your time, your time uh, ahead. How much time do you have? You know, if you're one or two years from retirement, yes then you, you probably should be. If you're 20 years from retirement, you know, you can try and time it to the end of the bull market. Well, don't even try and time it. Just stay yeah. aboard. I mean, you know, I mean, but we have an enormous number. We're going to take a break. You can call us this evening on 280-5350. We're talking about investments. My guest, Paul Hansen. Stay tuned. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back to Money This Evening, discussing investments. My guest, Paul Hansen, and I gave the number out. I'll give it out again, 011-280-5350. You can also email me on brianh at bhca.co.za. We have an email from Gary in Cape Town. He says, on Wednesday, our domestic currency weakened after the medium re budget revealed a wider budget deficit and lower growth projections for the next three years. Please explain why has our currency weakened so much when all this information has been well known for months? I mean, it was much worse than the expected. information we got. Is, is, I say it was much worse than what yeah. expected. Yeah, we were expecting a, a, um, a shortfall of about 40, maybe to 45 uh, billion, and it came out at over 50 billion just for this year. So that's quite a big miss. And, you know, no, uh, and all this bad news about the, uh, uh, you know, about the state-owned enterprises. No, it, it was a lot worse than expected. It really and, no, and no plan put, put, put forward. No. Uh, that was a concerning point. And, yeah. and that must have some impact, which we'll talk about. I've got an email. Someone did, oh, well, perhaps I'll deal with it now. Someone asked about what's the chance of a downgrade? Yeah. What is the impact? And then they went on to say that if our bond rates go out, 
then surely there will be some people who will be, find it very attractive and come back and buy. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing. We, we thought that we'd only get downgraded to junk next year, after the budget next year. But after this very austere budget, we feel that there's a very high probability we'll get downgraded to junk in, within the next four weeks by both Moody's and Standard & Poor. So it's, very, it's really very expected, similar to the question that I got, weren't the, wasn't this expected? So it could be priced in both, to, in both into our market and rent. It could be. It could be priced into our market. We, as I say, we, we, we would get thrown out of the World Government Bond Index. They own a, some of our, I don't know, 100 million rand worth of our bonds or something like that. So they have to sell. They're not allowed to hold junk bonds in their index. So no one quite knows you know, what, how much will be sold. But it's yeah, out in the market. The, the news is there. It's pretty clear for anyone to see that you know, we're on a tenuous situation, a tenuous situation as far as that goes. So, let, so let, that comes to Felicity in Durban's question. She says, why are bond rates rising? And does this mean that local interest rates, rates will not fall, but will actually go up? Yeah, unfortunately, it looks like the falling interest rate story has been put on the shelf for the time being. And, you know, if, uh, if, if the bond yields go high and our, infl our inflation starts to rise because of a weak rand, you know, we've got a petrol price hike coming, I think, next week. So that's the problem, is if that starts to cause, cause uh, inflation to rise because the rand is getting weaker, like happened a few years ago, then that can lead to rising interest rates. Yep. David, good evening. Go ahead with your question. Yeah, Brian, I just wanted to ask you, uh, the new highs that our market has reached, how healthy can, 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 can it be if it just revolves around four or five shares? Thanks, David. Paul, we mentioned that uh, NASPERS and uh, Richmond and then a, a recovery in British Tobacco, Anglos, maybe one or two other stocks, can't be healthy for our market. Because, I mean, people who invested don't, I mean, that, that, that those four or five shares play have a much bigger weighting in the index than what someone would have in their portfolio or even many of the in, um, sort of balanced portfolios would hold. Yeah. Well, a lot of people think it's a, exactly as the gentleman said, that, that it's a sign of internal weakness in the market, that more shares are falling than are rising. And it's not a, it's not a great story at all, but we'll take it. We'll take what we can get. And if it's going to record highs because of some shares, hey, buy the index and join it. Join in. Buy the Aussie 40, buy the index or buy those shares. But it's better than it's better than was happening for the previous three years where it just went sideways. So we are rising to record highs. We're rejoining the global bull market. But because our economy is so, so you know, stuck in the mud, a lot of our companies are not making better earnings. So that's why they, their shares aren't moving. Certainly the local SA Inc. type shares. A lot of the global shares are because they're doing business in great economies right now. And Stephen Sanson says, why haven't the rating agencies downgraded South Africa further? Is it likely, and please if I can just see the rest of the question, um, I'm just waiting for it to come up in my prompt because it's just come through now. Could we please just, is it likely they'll, th that they will, you said that they will, and, and, and then they speak about the short term and he answers the question, the longer term impact. Yeah. So short well, term, I mean, it, we, we don't know if it's priced in. Yeah, but t take a country like Brazil, downgrade. Yeah. And their bond rates are lower than ours. They've come down dramatically, so they've just gone lower than our bond rates, and they are rated junk, Brazil. But the economy so is picking so up. So would they be part of the bond index, or no longer? 
Because they have the uh, same No, because they're junk. So, so there's been buying of their bonds if those interest rates have, have improved. Yeah, uh, the yields have come down dramatically, so the bond prices have gone up sharply. But their economy is coming out of recession. It's improving. Ours is not. Well, ours is not in recession, but it's, it's right at the bottom. So the net effect is that it raises your cost of money uh, being, being downgraded, especially to junk. It raises the amount of money, the interest rate that you have to pay to borrow money offshore and therefore locally as well because it follows on here. So everything becomes a little bit more pricey. Because if point. we get downgraded to junk, our banks automatically get downgraded. Yeah. And, and how, what impact will, does that have or is that just a local problem? Yeah, it's, I don't think it has much impact, except that they may have to pay more when they go offshore to borrow money. But we don't have a problem. It's like someone going to the bank, no. not, a, not, a, not a prime customer has to pay maybe prime plus maybe a quarter or a half. Someone else go gets, gets prime minus one. We are able to borrow the money we need because we have that twin deficit, import more than we export. And then secondly, very much we don't collect enough in our taxes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mr. Smith in Rambo said everyone talks about the next 12 months and we touched on this but surely 12 months in the investing world is far too short. Does that not mean that everyone's going to want to get out at the same time? <laughs> I mean you've got to look at your you've got to look at your long-term view you know are you invested I mean it's still Paul you'd still stay in the markets wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean it's not Absolutely. time to be getting out of the markets whether you're international you've got and there, there may be some volatility ahead I mean one never knows what's going to happen I mean the guy in North Korea s sends off a, a bomb and hits the wrong place and you know all those think times are likely but can you see a major um, setback in markets? No normal corrections four to seven percent in the S&P 500 they can happen any time. They haven't happened for a while, but uh, and in fact, the, the May to October period was very calm and peaceful this time around. In fact, it was positive. Often that's a troublesome area. Usually this time of the year is a very buoyant time in stock markets. So this is the time to be invested, you know, all the way through to, to the end of April, really, is usually a very good time, a very buoyant time. And the news is a lot better these days uh, globally. So there's no reason. I mean, there's no harm taking some profits, as you say, but there's n the bull market's very much intact. Glenn in Pretoria says, not all major economies grow at the same rate or at the same time. How does one invest in these companies? Because global companies operate in all regions. I mean, you can't try and, you know, if you're gonna be in a global portfolio, the, the fund manager, or your, even if you're buying your own shares, they, they're investing in global companies that are going to be benefiting wherever it is. They do have a currency problem where you have uh, the possibility of the pound against the dollar, the euro <coughs> against the pound, but they're global companies. I mean, when you talk about the, the Standard Global Fund, I mean, high, you said a little bit overweight in technology, done exceptionally well. Paul, how's it done this year? Very well, because it's about 24% invested in technology. <coughs> Excuse me, more than the index. So it's benefiting from these incredible run. Uh, Amazon up 13% on Friday, and a lot of the others up 4 or 5%. I think Apple was up 25 on Friday. So benefiting strongly from that, yeah. We, we're, not, we're not looking at a tech bubble. Because the earnings, I mean, this time, the, the increase in the, sh in the shares is accompanied by good earnings. And, and phenomenal increases in revenue in sales. Fantastic. Well, we're going to take a short break. You're watching New New Money. You can still call us on 011-280-5350. Stay tuned. We'll be back shortly.
Welcome back. You've just joined the program. We've been focusing on the investment world this evening. My guest is Paul Hansen of Stanlib. Uh, Barbara in Johannesburg says, what would your preferred asset allocation be in the next year on a global portfolio? Interesting one, Paul. Obviously, it depends on your time horizon. I'm going to talk about that risk. at the end of the program. You know, time horizon, risk. You, you know, you want growth. You're taking a bit of risk. You need time. And, and obviously, you need to hold those investments through sometimes the, the volatility that, has, that sometimes takes us back out of the fundamentals to yeah. the emotional. But, but what would your preferred global asset be? So I so mean, you, you can't be in bonds next year, can you? I mean, we know interest rates are going to yeah. rise. So, so, what are the, so what is the, what is the opportunity, if anything, in bonds? Well, bonds are there as a, uh, in case equities take a knock, then normally bonds give you a bit of a little bit of hedge. They normally go up in value. So I would say that if you've got five to 10 years ahead of you or more, you'd have 70% in equities, in global equities, and 15% in bonds, 15% in maybe 10% in listed property, global listed property, and 5% in cash. Because global listed property is really underperformed compared to the rest of the market. Well, the last 18 months, yes. But before that, it did very well. And now it's starting to look better value. And actually, funny enough, usually global property goes up when interest rates are going up because, because the economies are doing better, so there's more demand for space. So I think it's worth having in the portfolio. Tony in Rosebank says, are, the, are the, all the indications that global growth is picking up? There will be greater demand for our commodities and, in my view, resulting in higher commodity prices, which should be very positive for exports from South Africa. Surely this will have a, po a, a positive impact on our economy and also the RAND. What is our view? Well, that has been the case so far this year. We've seen commodity prices. I mean, platinum hasn't gone up much, but palladium, rhodium and the other ones, the other platinum group metals have gone up dramatically. I mean, you're talking 50, 60, 70 percent, some of them. So the platinum group metal have actually gone up quite nicely, even though platinum's barely gone up, the big one, platinum. So, yeah, we have benefited. Copper's gone up very nicely. Um, gold, I think, is up a bit. But a lot of, and obviously iron ore, it, it, it's come down quite a bit, but I think it's still up this year. So we have benefited from that, from those terms of trade, from exports prices. And, if, and if global growth is predicted to be better next year, yeah. has that been priced in to our to our expectations and what we're hoping to achieve 1.1% GDP next year. Has that been priced in or is there a possibility that we could be surprised on the, on the positive side? We're always hoping for that. <laughs> we always are because we're one of the very few countries out there that's, that's barely growing. So the world is in great shape right now. Just about every country you know, is, is doing pretty well. So especially the big countries. So there is this hope that we will be we will be pulled up, partly through our exports as well. Are we, are we geared up? Are we ready to export? I mean, if the RAND had to weaken and global economies continue to grow and even pick up, are we in a position to actually export and take advantage? I think our manufacturing is a bit run down, so that is a bit of a problem. It might not be that ready, apart from in certain minor areas. But certainly on the metal side, we, it's going pretty well. We are doing quite well on that side. So... You know, if, if the, world, the, the big question is China, will China continue to, to remain as strong as it is? Some people are worried that it's going to weaken a bit. And now that this big conference is over and the leader is, is still the leader. So, but that's always a concern because they're the biggest buyer of commodities. So I think they buy 40% of the world's copper every year and 60% of the world's iron ore. 
So, you know, that's, that's the biggest question as far as commodities go. So far, they, they look fairly buoyant. Paul in Cape Town says, if global interest rates are going to rise, why are offshore institutions holding bonds? Now, you made the point that, that, that it's there as a buffer, but if interest rate, we know interest rates are going to rise. They, they, they can't go lower than where they are. Yeah. They've indicated there may be an interest rate rise still coming this year in the USA, two or three next year. Um, we've got interest rates on hold in the UK, in interest rates on hold in Europe and Japan. But if this starts to rise, won't this have a negative impact on bonds? Yeah, there's, people have been saying that bond yields going to go up for the last three or four years, and they haven't. So they're sitting at 2.4% for a 10-year U.S. government bond. And some people think that's the crucial level. If it rises much above that, it's going to break the 35-year-old bull market in bonds. And it went up to 2.47 last year. Last week came back to 2.4. So a lot of institutions overseas think the share market's expensive, and they've thought that for the last 18 months. Or they're worried that another big crash is going to occur. So they, they've been favoring bonds. And they've been light on shares. As you said earlier, this is the most hated bull market we've ever seen. A lot of people have been scared of it because they see in their rearview mirror the 2008-9 crash and they see a recurrence of that. So, you know, the people have been very cautious in, in buying bonds. But Paul, you're not worried about that. I mean, because this bull market, firstly, people aren't invested because it's so unloved. I think you, I, I read in your newsletter, 63 or 65% of investment advisors and are, are advising have, have, have still been negative on markets, which means there must be a lot of money sitting on the sidelines. This is not a euphoric bull, bull market where all your money's been thrown in, everyone's tipping left, right and center. Yeah, definitely not. No, there's, there's a bit more bullishness creeping in now because we've had an incredible run you know, day after day after day, with very little volatility. You know, markets up 0 0.2, 0 0.3, 0 0.4. Last week was unusual. It went up 0.7, and <laughs> I mean, that was unusually high. So it's been a very quiet, steady market. And uh, a lot of people are saying it's expensive, so they, they're not buying it or they're selling. They've been selling. Yeah. Paul, if you're a growth investor, where are you putting your money? In South Africa, or are you taking it offshore? No, I think you must have both. I think there's the advantages here. Yeah, I mean, the small cap and mid-cap shares here, or indices, are, um, you know, are way off their highs and barely moved this year. I think they're both actually negative this year, the JSE mid-cap and small cap indices. So, you know, that, that's relying on a pickup in the economy and in the company earnings, so SA Inc. earnings. But it'll happen, just a matter of when. To Ron in Port Elizabeth says, where do you think the RAND will trade in 12 months' time? <laughs> I've asked you this. I, I asked you this. You've been on this program with me now for 11 years. Yeah. You've been on radio with me, uh, I think, for 15 years at, from time to time. Uh, you've been a bull in this market, right going back to 2008, 2009. Said, hold your head, don't worry, stay tuned. The Rand, crystal ball. W we thought the Rand was actually going to, at one stage, even break 12 Rand to the dollar. Yeah, we did. Especially the way emerging markets were going. Now, emerging markets have given back a little bit of their currency appreciation. All of them, maybe the Rand a bit more than others because of what happened last week. But, um, you know. 12 months down the line? Higher or lower? Maybe closer to 15, but that's an absolute guess. Yeah, well, everyone, I think anyone tries to call the Rand is either a genius or a, a fool. Let's put on our yeah. dunce's cap and say everyone reads the same news, hears the same, makes their own call on it the Rand. Could rant. be 13, who yeah. knows, if, if certain things go the r in the right direction here. Okay, well, everyone understands the concept of short, medium, and long-term time horizon, but everyone has a different time period. Let me tell you a story. 
My grandmother gets a phone call from her bank. They look at the, if you've got money in your bank account, she gets a call from a financial advisor and said, I'd like to come and see you about investments. She tells the financial advisor that her grandson, that's me, is in the markets, and he's always told her about short, medium, and long term. She said, let me tell you what my time horizon is. Short term is one week, medium term is two weeks, long term is three weeks. You see, I am 97 years old. So very simply, everyone has a different time horizon. <laughs> exactly. The word investing in the short term doesn't really exist. The word should be savings, as savings are for events that will come up the next one to three years. People always ask me, where can I invest my money in the short term? Well, in the short term, you want certainty, you want security, stay in banks and building societies. Investing is about the long term, and at least five years and longer. And this is where you're prepared to take some risk. It means in the short term, you could see falls in the value of your investment. However, if you stick to your strategy over the long term, I really believe you will reap the rewards. Paul, thank you for joining me this Happy evening. Happy birthday, Brian. Oh, thank you, Paul. Yeah, yeah, th thank you very much. Where's the birthday cake studio? <laughs> it's important to note that our program is to provide information and should not be construed as advice. Next week's program will focus on healthcare, and if you need to get hold of me, my details will appear on the screen. I'd like to thank you for watching, and good night.